millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Football Prizes yet again. Uh, this week's prize is a one-of-a-kind prize. It is a signed and custom frame Celtic shirt. It's a Kyogo shirt and uh, so it's signed by Celtic's number eight. Uh, it's got LED lights on it as well, so it really is a one-of-a-kind prize. If you want to win it, go to footballprizes.co.uk, scroll down the competitions, you'll find it. Uh, competition ends Thursday the 27th of October at half past seven and you'll see the draw on their Facebook page in the next day. Uh, the cost £3.95 but we can get you a wee discount for that it's 10% off if you use our code 4TIMS10 so go over there and when you get to check out put our code in and it'll get you 10% off uh, thanks to everybody that's used their code so far this season and won some great prizes and also thanks to Football Prizes for their continued support but we'll get on with the show Hello and welcome to another episode of Four Times A Podcast. You join us very late on Sunday the 23rd of October. It's about a day and a half since Celtic were victorious in the capital. It was a seven-goal thriller at Tynecastle that was full of controversy as well as VAR made its long-awaited debut in the SPFL. Uh, Danny, I'll come to you. It was, you were the only one who was at the four that was at the game. What did you make it and how was it to see the Celts in person at Tynecastle? Aye, it was good. Good that it was bad to take off the, the bucket list I'd been to. I did take a silly another premiership team that never Celtic to go there. Uh, was was really good. It was nice nice of my, my good friend sorted me out. <laughs> we'll remain nameless, Tony. But it was Celtic Hearts was one of the games in it. It's it's one of the fixtures that you look out for when they get released because Celtic going to Hearts is, is always a kind of big game and it's pretty, you know, well known that the two teams sets of fans don't got on very well, so it was, it was a good game to go to, but it was just a bonkers game from start to finish and to win 4-3 and such to extend the lead at the top of the table, um, 
when at one point, <laughs> you know, you're thinking they're not going to beat up the league come five o'clock, but to be even further clear, it was uh, brilliant and uh, it was a great game, but VR obviously took two cure, didn't it? And just a fucking shambles. The game itself was a shambles from start to finish. And I, I, it's just bizarre, utterly bizarre, some of the decisions. And even at the game, you're, I know you're up the other end of the park, but you clearly see Michael Smith movies like Horn or Erem or whatever towards the ball. And it took them about three and a half minutes to get a penalty, which looked like a penalty. Like live, it looked like a penalty. Like Cammy Devlin on uh, Carter Vickers on him, sorry, that looked like a penalty and you thought it was going. It took three and a half minutes and then it took 30 seconds to no gee Celtic a penalty and they never even went to look at it. So, you know, we're like, and then fucking inconsistency, the early blowing, it's a free kick, that's, which we were told wouldn't happen under VR because refs and linesmen are meant to let the game go and if something's happened, they'll bring it back. And then you've got linesmen putting flags up early as well. And it's just, you, you start to think, what the fuck's going on? Like, what's the point? And you've got, like, and all, all, all I'm really seeing, apart from the penalty, is people asking why Jens wasn't he booked again. Like, fucking game with these folk watching Jens. Just, what Jens did get booked for was criminal. It wasn't even a foul, never mind a free kick. And the, I think it was the boy Kingsley or Cochrane, it was one of the two. But they get away with murder a couple of times against Forrest. I think one of them get booked at the end, but there was a foul in Forrest that it led to which should have been our second goal. And they never booked him. That was a textbook booking Forrest had skinned him and they just booted him. Um, it was just bizarre. And it felt like Mick Walsh was refereeing two games. He was refereeing um any I mean, any time Jack like Jackie Marcus, he gets the Sutton and Hartson treatment there. Any time he gets near somebody, it's a but yet Defenders are allowed to jump on him, pull him back, and generally fucking interfere with him. Um, and it's a play on. Uh, just it was bizarre. It was bizarre, but in tap it, you know, it just showed what great guts this team have got. And they, they, I know it's cliche and began, you know, you never stop and all that. But this team genuinely does not know when it's beat, and they keep going to the end, and they keep fighting, and oh no, after a fucking bonkers ninety-seven or whatever minutes it was, um, they got the three points that they deserved. I definitely you've you spoke about it. I think it was a bit like I said to you on this podcast last week. The problem in Scotland with referees was never the lack of technology. It was how incompetent and like some will call it corrupt, some will call it just poor poor standards of referee, and it's probably a mix of both. Eh? But it's it, it doesn't surprise me one bit because you thought everybody kept saying our oh, Celtic will benefit the Masters, but I says it doesn't matter if it's the same person. Like yeah. You speak about the handball that Michael Smith has just after uh, Hearts equalised and first of all how Nick Walsh didn't see it, it's right in front of him and every, as you say, everybody in the stadium, everybody watching on Sky, everybody that's watched the highlights since, you can see even Michael Smith's reaction himself to, uh, sees it, he just sort of grimaces and realises what's happened but Nick Walsh just completely shucks responsibility, like he's he's meant to be there, like I know VAR's there to assist but if it's not a clear and obvious thing that he's missed then he's got the best the best sort of view in the stadium and it was the same with the uh, the Hearts penalty like I, I thought it was a penalty uh, the one that uh, Carter Vickers uh, went with Devlin but at the same time I don't see how you can say that Nick Walsh clearly missed it he, again, yet again he's in a perfect position he's about five or six yards away from it and like I don't know what's clear and obvious about him not seeing it like because 
it's as if he's like I say, he's just shutting the responsibility. He doesn't want to make decisions, and if that's the case, he shouldn't have a referee in the game. But like the handball one, just after that's ridiculous. It's the worst that like I know the uh, Ralston goal that got chopped off was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, again, it's uh, the mayor I speak about it. Nick Walsh just shouldn't have a referee in at the uh, top level in Scotland because it's like as you say, this this VAR and play to uh, let play develop. That was a specific purpose. Yeah, like you're meant to let play develop. That's why you don't flag for offside. That's why you let move sort of filter out. And if he doesn't blow his whistle for what one or two seconds, then Ralston's goal counts and it's potentially a much easier day at the office for Celtic and look we got to win anyway and people will like they come out and they criticise you for coming out after games like this and calling it out but like it's 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 ridiculous and the handball one like it's Stephen McLean was the VAR ref and it's no surprise that he didn't see that because he was the same fucking clown that seven years ago cost Ronnie Dyler the shot at a treble when he didn't uh, see Josh Meetings, I think it was, the Inverness handballing from about three yards away at, uh, at Hamden in the Scottish Cup semi-final. So it's, it's hardly a surprise that he happened to look at that and not see it as a, uh, an offence that would have gave Celtic a penalty and a chance to restore the lead. But it's it's one of the things, as you say, I, I completely agree about Jack and Marcus. I think he's refereed to a different standard to any player in the league. Like, doesn't he, any Celtic player, any other player in the league, like, he's just... He somehow got this reputation where everything he does is judged to a much higher level. He if he touches a defender, hey, then it's almost always blown as a foul, and he doesn't get any sort of protection at set pieces as well. Hey, but you're right, Danny. It's this, this team's like we never stops the motto, and like that's that's obvious the way we've seen it the last year and a half develop. And like when you go two one behind early in the second half at Tynecastle, it's not the easiest place to go, but the team just have it about them that they're not going to be stopped and like, I've seen somebody say it, they're just like this mentality monsters like they just they just keep going they keep plugging away uh, even the subs that come on like Haxabanovich and Taylor I thought made a massive impact when they come on uh, especially Greg Taylor obviously he, he just sort of gave us a balance doing that left I thought Burnaby struggled he had a great few games the last few weeks but I thought he did struggle a bit Hey, I thought defence in general struggled. Like the second goal, like as well, Carter Vickers, I thought he's in a poor position with uh, Shankland and it's a tap in for Shankland in the end. But uh, I, I, as I say, it's the, the way you respond time and time again. Like we, I thought Aaron Moy was absolutely pivotal on Saturday. He's he, he came in for a lot of stick after the Mirren game, but he, him and Hattie, the two of them, the last few weeks have just really picked up the burden that that's been there since like Cal McGregor's been out of the team and the, the other midfielders have had to step up and I think they two especially have like you look at Aaron Moy he was involved in all four goals like, on Saturday he, uh, he he's, he's the one that slipped into Ralston for the first goal uh, who put the cross along for Forrest obviously second goal it's Moy's corner that Jackie Marcus heads in uh, the third goal it's his shot that Craig Gordon spills and Maeda puts in and then the fourth goal it's uh, Moy that plays it out to Abada whose shot then goes in there the path um, of Greg Taylor He missed a fucking sitter I know that would have been goal of the season that was a fucking phenomenal move Aye definitely that was uh, that was maybe the one point where I thought that oh is it going to be one of the days but it was we we kept going and in the end, like the, I know we had a last minute winner up at St Johnson a few weeks ago, but I think Taylor's goal was the seventy fifth minute or something. And even after that, we had a couple other chances to maybe make it a wee bit comfier result. And obviously, Abada had one chopped off, and 
injury time, but no, I, f- I thought it was a massive victory. Obviously, it's went on to mean even more because the nearest rivals dropped points at home to Livingston, so we'll, we'll now get that gap, uh, which I'll bring Tony in because I know you especially, you like having that wee bit of extra uh, distance between us in second place, and that was obviously restored on Saturday. What did you make of the game? Um, I, th- I thought it was a really big day in terms of the title race as a whole. Um just a lot of moments between our game and obviously what happened at iBooks that felt really significant. Um, obviously, everybody's have said so far, I thought the referee was absolutely disgraceful. I mean, Hart's penalty's a stonewaller. He should be given that right away. He's still going to referee the game. Give a penalty. Quick VAR review would have shown it was a penalty. Got on with the game. That's what Anne said. It's a lot of faffing about. and See if it was used properly. I think it'd be excellent for football, but it's as if the referees feel a wee bit um, insulted that this has had to be brought in because they're so shite and they want to make an ass of it so that people blame VAR instead of them. Um, <coughs> the handball for us is a stonewall penalty. The ref, again, should be given it straight away. Uh, if that's a VAR review, they definitely don't overrule it. Um, well, who knows? I mean, Stephen McLean's obviously just either a cheat or a complete fucking clown. It may be a bit of both, to be honest. Um, astounding. I really, I, I don't understand it. I mean, it <laughs> made no sense to me. Even Michael Smith, when you seen his face, he knew that that it was a penalty. Um, it's the fact he didn't even seem to check it or send the ref to ever look at look at it. Um, just really poor. I, I genuinely think the club have got to be calling it out and saying, look, how incompetent are the guys you've got working for you? Because it's not good enough. I mean, there's millions of pounds at stake, league title at stake. We've obviously backed, I think, Celtic have invested for VAR to come in. And, I mean, that kind of decision could have cost us really badly. I mean, we could have ended up um, second in the league if, if things hadn't gone away. So, I just, I'd, lo- I'd love the referees to have to explain themselves. Just go, why, why do you think that wasn't a penalty? What is it? It's actually wrong with your head. Um, and actually question them, but that'll never happen. Um but no, I thought I thought it was a bit of a fast VR. Um, uh, the second penalty, I thought it was a penalty as well. I thought our defending was was quite poor, but the way we we bounced back was fantastic. Um, I was I thought Jack Amakis' head up was great. It was up last salmon. Um, made sure we we get the equaliser and then just charged right up the pitch, and then I was delighted for Meda because obviously he gets a lot of stick, but it was in the right place at the right time. Uh, just like to point out, that was a, an obvious error by Craig Gordon. They should have caught Aaron Moyes. Sure, I know people love to say we should have kept him, but he seems to make a mistake every time I see him. Um, and then the winner, Greg Taylor's fucking in some position for your left back. And I think he made the subs he made for the right subs at the right time when he brought Abada, Haksabanovic, and Taylor on. I thought they all played well. Um, I just I felt as though Everton was against us and when um, they went 2-1 up you thought fuck is this just going to be one of the days but in the end we, we dug it out fantastically well um, probably could have scored a couple more um, as you said the Ralston disallowed goal the ref's blown before um, obviously the ball's in the net I don't know what he sees I mean there's this slight kind of tug by Giacomacchus on Snodgrass I think but it's very minimum um, and because he's blown so early, it means we can't. Uh, there can't be a VAR review. Um, 
the other one I bad went through in school, they didn't seem to pay much attention. I thought it was a lot closer than, than people seem to make out. I'd like to have seen a couple of angles of that, but um, I just a farce. Um, but I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, the refs in this country, I've said it a million times, are fucking garbage. They're hopeless, useless in any negative word you can think that describes them. Um, Tony. Tony, did they did Sky show any sort of replay for the Abada one? I think they showed one replay. I think they showed one clip of it, and that was it. So was that, they showed a replay, Danny, but they didn't show the lines. But apparently, the official SBFL uh, video highlights have got an actual line on it. But there was nothing shown on the telly with an actual line drawn. It's a big squiggly line. <laughs> And see the one in like ninety six minute or something, and it, people are sharing the clip on like fake heart kicks it up. Have you seen that one? I've not seen. I think with that, by the time it right, gets, Abada to, was half tight. Is he? I. I was. He was story. It's it, it. Hearts move back as he moves. Hearts drop back as he drops back. But he was half side. Yeah, but anyway, um. Great to score another four goals. I think we've scored 14 in the last three after going through a kind of period of only scoring two. So, I and then obviously for Rangers to, to drop points at home to Livy, um, their manager's under extreme pressure. Um, as, far, as far as I know, he's still their manager, which I think is good for us because he's starting to look a wee bit like their Lennon, where everybody can see it's not working. The fans are starting to get really annoyed. But they're bored and they're doing anything, so it'll be long until they're uh, throwing sharks at them. But oh, great day! You get the four-point gap is is needed. It's always good to be comfortably top. The goal difference is obviously in our favour. Um, we've got a big game coming up as well with Shakhtar. It's the last throw of the dice to maybe give us the slightest chance of post-Christmas European football. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. But. Domestically, I think we're, we're looking good. Hearts is a, Tidcastle is a difficult place to go and um, I thought in the end we deserved to win and we're, we're still missing a lot of players. Kyogo didn't feature, um, Jota was out, McGregor, so it was an impressive one to get and um, I think the manager he sell, you could see him at the end, there's that clip of him which is great, it was kind of beating his chest as if to say, uh, I know that was a big win with everything against us, so I four points clear at this stage. Obviously, we were five, but then I get pegged back to two. And when you're obviously wanting your rivals to drop points, you never really look at them doing it at home. But to, they obviously, they were nearly beat as well by, by Livy. But to, to drop points at home at Livy, it's, it's quite a bad result for them. And um, you just hope they can kind of fall further into turmoil and we can steamroller it here. Aye, and Tony, I'll just bring you back in quickly because I think a lot of people would have expected us to open the show with some words of encouragement and for our ex-manager, Neil Lennon, who sadly lost his job. What's your thoughts on that? Because I know a lot of people were sort of turning to you when the news broke last week. I'm bitterly disappointed. Um, just absolutely shocked that a guy who's a shite manager has got sacked again. Um you know, I thought it was a bit harsh, to be totally honest. Because I think he got them into the Europa League. He'd won a cup for them, but apparently their, their league form had been really poor. But I think, I mean, Ammonia, Nicosia, Hibs and Bolton, of all that sacked this guy, it's just, it's... Um, I, maybe kind of 
think about the board again and go, Jesus, you really are fucking numpties, regardless how well you've done with Ange. I mean, <laughs> what were you smoking in 2019 when you gave him the job? But um, no, I wish him all the best. And I'm sure fucking Chelsea Juniors or somebody like that will maybe get him to be the new tea lady. Hi, best of luck to him. The first manager to will be hired in the shows and fired in the shows, but... Andy, I'll bring you in on, on the seven-goal thriller on Saturday. As Tony said, it's, there's a lot of talking points and it has boosted Celtic at the top of the table and put even more pressure on the mob sitting below us. But what did you make of the game? Uh, as has been said, the standard of the referee was on its fucking arse, uh, which we expected, but the game was one of the ones. It's, it's, not, it's not good for heart. Shave a few years off your life expectancy, but it epitomised the team. And because I was, I was sitting a little. There were certain points in the game um, when when you sort of, when you go to the two one down, I start to fear the worst a wee bit. As if maybe it's just going to be one of these days. Um, I mean, they scored at the worst, one of the worst times they could see the goal just before half time, and then they came out in the second half. Maybe like, I can't remember what it was. It was about fifty minute mark or whatever, and they scored again. Um, Poor goal, we conceded that one to be honest with you, but start to feel the worst at that point, and then we get a sort of quick fire double and put us in the lead again. And then once more, you're, uh, you've conceded again, Shankland's completed his hat trick with a daft penalty, and it just starts to feel it just might not be your day, um, which can happen. But as soon as that happened, I think it was uh, before, before played even kicked off again, we'd made three subs, which I thought were absolutely bang on. Um, Haxabanovic, Abada, and Greg Taylor, and it just completely just put that sort of energy into us again. Um, started creating chances. Taylor, brilliant, like you see, a left back to get in that position for a goal is phenomenal. Um, but it just epitomises the team and like the mantra we've been going about for so long about we never stop. Um, aside for that, we've got there, I think it was two two disallowed goals, obviously, that bad one. For being offside and the Ralston one that they've put down as a foul or whatever. So, I mean, realistically, there, there could have been six goals for Selig. Could have been more with the other chances that were missed as well. Um, but we're, we seem to have found our scoring boots again, which is brilliant, obviously, scoring so many goals in the last couple of games after no struggling to find the net because we still scored goals here and there. But there was a patch where we were obviously trying to juggle Europe, Champions League football, and domestic football. and performances were weren't quite the same um, but we seem to have like I say found the scoring boots defensively there was obviously stuff to work on but it was a changed team again obviously Ralston came in Burnaby was in um, and we're, we're still missing McGregor just in front of the defence obviously doing what he does so I'm not worrying about that side of it too much but all in all done it was, listen, it was one of the games it's, you, you were looking back on it and I feel like I've already said that more than once this season um, with St Johnston as well it's, you look back at the games when when you hopefully win the title and you say that's they, they were the games it's, it's not the it's not the, it's not the big 6-1s and 4 nils where you run out of the top of teams it's it's when you're made to sort of dig in um, you put up against it and, and that's really what you see what your team's got about them and I, I don't think anybody's ever sort of challenged the mentality of, of the Ange side so we've, we've seen it enough but they just continually keep proving it. Um, and like I say, it's, if you look at it from another point of view, like a boy scored a hat trick and he's away up, to, up the road with a match ball, but he's got to always remember that Selic are just better. 
Um, there's a reason why we're the champions and hopefully we will be again. But no, it was just fucking relieved to get it undone, mate. It's a country, a place to go down. Um, we've had good results, bad results, but fans deserve that they were brilliant again. Um, and just buzzing that, that we caught the win. Um, the absolute relief that came out of me. Sure, everybody else was the exact same. Just the relief when Taylor's came in at the back post and, and tapped that one in. Um, because I really was just, yeah, you know what it's like when you're watching these games and then the fucking dodgy decisions. I'm waiting on the ref sending somebody off or giving them another penalty. Um, so getting that and then getting out of the line was the most important thing and buzzing with the three points. I definitely, as you say, it's just one of the places that is vital to get these sort of hard fought wins and. Hey, obviously we did that early, and I think was it January last season when we had the, I think it was Jack Marcus and Hitati got the goals that night, and hey, that that game was sort of similar in terms of we have we had to sort of dig it out, but we done that, and we've, we've got a four point gap, and I think we've maybe got four league games before we break up for the World Cup, so it's a strong position to be in, and hopefully we can just keep that run going when. We go to Livingston on Sunday, but before we do go to the Tony Macaroni on Sunday, we have match day five of our Champions League group, and we are at home to Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Danny, I'll bring you in. It's Celtic are sitting on one point. We are four points off of Shakhtar. Into, aye, four points behind Shakhtar because they got a point against Real Madrid in the last match day, and obviously we lost to RB Leipzig. It's... It's one of the games that I think everybody have been building up, hoping that we would be able to win it and put ourselves in pole position for the uh, third place. But that's that's not going to be the case. We now have to win this game to even have a sniffer third place. And what's your thoughts going into it? I think it's important, though, even just to keep us alive in the race for third place. But I think it would it could be vital for this team in terms of getting over the line and getting a win in the Champions League. We a sort of extended look to possibly next season as well. I uh, it, it's important to win the game in the Champions League just to fucking put a lot of these records that and seems to be responsible for despite only being at Celtic for two games in the proper Champions League it seems to be his fault uh, things that were happening fucking five six years ago um so just get a win and put that all that rubbish to bed and you know we need to win because you know we need to give ourselves a chance to go to. I know we'd need a, a result in Madrid, but you know we need to put ourselves in a position to get there first. So it's a big game to go and win, and it'll it'll do the team good to win as well. It'll, do, it'll be good for the fans to win uh, a game as well in the Champions League. And as you say, they need to start thinking about obviously they need to go and win the league, but they need to think about next year and learning through it. With have through this year. I mean, I think it's fucking a travesty that we're virtually out of Europe after four games of performance. You certainly don't deserve that to be the case. But you know, you can only play with a one year deal. That's what we're dealt. So uh, Tuesday's a big, a big game to go and win and get the confidence up. Hopefully, you know, even if like Jackie Mack is a kill, we can rattle a couple of goals in. You know what I mean? We can uh, get that experience of scoring in the Champions League and maybe. Fucking, we'll be we'll, we'll not hit the post um, next year, but uh, it's a big game. I just hope they go into it with, with a bit of confidence after Saturday because I know it was a kind of makeshift team with the back four. Sorry, um, I know it was a makeshift team with the back four, but it's all about kind of I know, and I know the season breaks up pretty soon for about six, seven weeks, but any momentum that we can get heading into 
the break is, is vital, so it would be good to keep going and win again and then look, obviously look forward to Sunday as well. But aye, I just hope they win, because, you know, it's kind of a defeatist attitude, that's but they really they deserve a win, you know what I mean? Even if it is fucking for nothing, they did and they end up, they did deserve a win out of the group, because they've played well enough to fucking get one, and... It would be it would be it would just be a real shame if they didn't get a win in the group because this is probably our last chance because I don't really hold any much hope of going to the Bernabeu and winning but for the way that they've played and through the group they do deserve a win so I hope they get it on Tuesday night obviously but aye aye that's that's what I think as well what you say is about like Jackie Marcus and Kyogo I think it sort of comes second nature to them in area SPFL because they've done it so often but I feel that. Like players like that and just sort of the team in general, if they can get that belief, like I think, I think the manager believes, the coach believes, the fans have believed with the performances we've seen. But until you get that sort of first win eh, under your belt, and I think like you maybe do have that wee tiny bit of self doubt in you that, that you've no one at Champions League level, and we we've had spells in every game. I know the last game I thought was pretty disappointing, but we still even had chances in that, but. We've had spells in every game where we've been on top and just failed to capitalise on our chances and no more so than the game in Warsaw against the Nets in match day two and that was probably the best I've seen Celtic play away from home in Europe and I even include the game like like Sanderlecht when we actually won 3-0 like that, that second half especially we just absolutely dominated them and it was a miracle that we... Uh, that they had done miracle that we didn't manage to take our chances with enough of them that night. So I think it is vital and like I say, like if you can if you can go and get that win then uh, match day six, Madrid I'm pretty sure will have won the group by then and I don't know how the fixtures are scheduling up between that, but if if they do play a few youngsters and get like you've got to hope that like Angel go there and think that he can send his team out to win. So we, we shouldn't get up all hope yet and if we do sort of come off the canvas to then snatch third place and you never know what could happen in Europa League but we'll we'll wait till we see what happens on Tuesday before we actually even entertain that but Tony as I said I think the game against Shakhtar in uh, match day two was probably the best we've played in this campaign do you expect us to sort of perform to that level again and actually get out of the line this time? I think we'll win um, I think it'll be a tough game I think match day two if we got that win things probably would work out a bit different for us. Um, you know, I don't think we've actually been that bad in the Champions League at all. I think um, we've, we've learned some harsh lessons. I mean, Madrid, you don't take your chances, they punish you, they're world class. Um, Shakhtar didn't take their chances and then they, I think it was a shame that they played Leipzig when Leipzig were in a bit of turmoil and then we got them and they brought in Marco Rose who's kind of um, re-energised them and got them playing again so uh, just fine margins if they scored and beat Shakhtar or um, if they'd even held on for a draw against Leipzig or Joe Hart doesn't have bit the ball to the Leipzig player with 25 minutes to go over there so um, but I think we've, we've done what the manager says we've tried to play our football um, I think the hardest game we had was Leipzig at home I thought they really done well to stop us and we didn't really create much, but I think you need to try and win this game. There's still pride. I don't think we've won at home in a Champions League group game for a long time on a really bad losing streak, which you'd like to stop. Um, 
So I'm hopeful we can we can maybe get a win and then you go to the Bernabeu Real Madrid will hopefully have won the group by then and we, we, we try, and, try and get a point um, and hope that Leipzig beats Shakhtar. So there's still a bit to play for, don't get me wrong. It's going to be hard to get four points out of the next two games and it still might not be enough if Shakhtar beat um, Leipzig. But um, I, I think it's... It's two big games. It's um, good experience for the players. Um, I'm sure there'll be a sellout on Tuesday and hopefully at the end of it, the, the players get clapped off the pitch irrespective of a result because it's good to be back in the competition. Need to thank them for their efforts. But I think at the same time, they'll know they need to improve if, if we're going to be in the competition next year. And um, next year, this was a favourable draw, I thought, and it's not really worked out the way we hope. So... Um, I'm looking forward to the game all the same, so I'll predict uh, a 2 0 31. All right, uh, Andy, I'll just bring you in on the Shakhtar game as well. The, the first game against them, I watched it in the pub with you, and I think you were as in much misbelief as me that we didn't manage to win that. What do you think going into this? Is it a sort of game that we just need to win for a variety of reasons, like in terms of getting that first win and keeping ourselves alive in the group? and who who would you look at as their sort of dangers? I see that Mudrik who scored against us in the first game, he scored three goals in his last two league games, so is he got to be another danger we need to watch out for? I like you say it's 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 difficult to say, obviously given the standard of the competition, but I I've got to agree, I think with Tony said that it's half shown us being at, at this point about the Champions League at this point. Um and really sort of fucking no, it's not even it's not even fully in our hands if we're going to be in Europe um, as a result of that, and I think that's hard shown us. But that's that, that is that that's the competition. That's the standard of the teams that you're up against. Um, and if you don't take your chances, you get punished for it. Um, that's something that the players will take. That I've gotten done. No doubt in my mind that the players, the manager. The club, everything we will learn for it. We will be a be a better team for it. Um, but it's a game, like you say. There's mu- there's multiple reasons why you need to win it, and it's. I think they'll get with the same attitude, um, play the same way, same intensity. Obviously, as I said, there's a lot of goals being scored, so they should go into the game with that bit of swagger. Um, I think they've looked much better when they have had that about them. Um, Leipzig at home was probably the worst we've played, and I thought that's we were, we were lacking that sort of swagger, that belief, that attitude. Um, so hopefully that is that is with them in the game. But as I see, you want to obviously try and stay in European competition, so you give yourself that bit of belief, which is huge. But it's big for this season, for next season, for for anything. Even if you did get through, and somehow we navigated our way to Europa League, um, getting the wins against a team. Uh, they're a right good team, Shakhtar. Like, they've obviously picked up points. We know what they've done to Leipzig. Um, they were a fucking um, 30 seconds away for, uh, for getting a 1-0 win against Real Madrid. I think they scored in the fucking 95th minute or something mental like that. So they're obviously a right good side. Um, so a, a win against that would be would be huge for the team mentally. For this season and next season, um, tell what the players will still be here, and that's obviously what you want to be playing your football. Um, I think we all know the the boy that uh, Mudrik that that played against us and scored against us last time is the danger. Um, he's 
I mean, he's been touted everywhere for a while now. I know Arsenal were interested in him before. Like he's, he is a danger man, so it's all about keeping him quiet. But I, I'm confident of the players and the team. I thought we should have beat them earlier. I think, like you say, the, any team in this competition are going, to be, are going to be dangerous. You're going to need to take your chances. But I just I think we're in a better place now in terms of where the squad and the team are at. And I think we'll be more likely to take one of the chances. Um, and as I say, hopefully we can win and win comfortably and just keep ourselves in the competition. Um for one, but for two, just give them that, that sort of belief. I, I reckon that does things for us, not just in Europe, but domestically as well. Obviously, we're, we're playing well, and we're sort of scoring goals again, and we've found that, that swagger that I was talking about. But I think domestically, it puts a lot of belief in players to know that they are at that level, and they should be there, as opposed to getting into a group and just getting getting scared about it. Um, like a team that we all know currently going through that now so aye, it's, it's huge mentally for the players and um, obviously if you keep yourself a, a chance to stay in Europe then that's huge but I think mentally it's a big game um, but I do believe that the players will will go and they will get three points on the board for us Aye, hopefully they do, I'll take your prediction now Andy because this is, we'll just start wrapping up now because I know it's not much time until the Shakhtar game so I'll take your prediction I'm going to say 3-0 Selic that's quite bold given it's a Champions League game, but I'm going to say 3-0. Um, I think we're going to play some good stuff. Hope so. I, I, I think it might be tight. I think that we'll win the game 2-1, and I think that, as alluded to earlier, I think our strikers will get on the mark for this Champions League campaign, and whatever one starts, whether it be Kyogo or Jack and Marcus, we'll get the first, and the other one will come off the bench and get the second. Uh, and keep us alive as thousands travel to the Bernabeu and hope to revive enough a European campaign but Danny we've already had Tony so you're the only one left to go what are you predicting for Tuesday? Uh, I think it'll be 3-2 Celtic in a thriller uh, we'll score early we'll get pegged back and then we'll score again and then naivety will kick in but we'll get one on the end and Jackie Mattis will get two of them and Hack Savanovic will get the other and it'll be a good night had by all well, there you go. That's four wins predicted by us, so hopefully that can inspire the team even more. Uh, but we will be back after the Shakhtar game, hopefully reviewing a win, and we'll take a wee look towards the Livingston game on Sunday as well. But if you've made it this far, thanks very much for listening, and we will speak to you later in the week. Cheers.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 